0: Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Well, hello, church. I'm super excited to be able to welcome you online today. Uh, I just believe that God's going to do some incredible things here in our service today. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Tom. I'm on staff here. My lovely wife and I oversee the young adults in our church, which is just a huge blessing. So shout out to all our young adults out there. We love you guys in this season of COVID. We haven't seen you as much as we want, but that's just the way the restrictions are. Uh, speaking of COVID, I heard the other day someone used the phrase COVID as an adjective, as a describing word. Uh, we were talking and they were like, I was like, hey, did you get a haircut? And they were like, yeah, my hair was getting a bit COVID. And I thought that was interesting. So Carly, my wife and I have decided we're going to bring that back in. Bring that back in. It's not even in yet, but we're going to bring it in as a new term and a new description. So those of you looking at me know my hair is not COVID. This is the way I want it to be, but that's okay. I've got more hair than Shane. So I'm super excited to preach this week. Uh, And and I just want to honour Pastor Shane and Rachel for the incredible job they're doing leading our church through this time. Uh, Such a difficult time around the world and here in Australia. Um, And I just really want to honour them for all that they're doing. So if you're in the comments uh, on our church online service, let them know how amazing they are, how wonderful they are and a great job that they're doing. uh, Because we really love them and what they're doing for the church. Uh, And I want to just share a quick thought um, about what is happening in the world at the moment. Because we see that there is so much hurt happening over in the States. Uh, we can see that, the, you know, Australia, we're going through our own stuff, coming through a year of 2020 with bushfires and and now a pandemic, of a global pandemic. And it's just been a crazy year. And I want to encourage us as a church uh, that our first response should be prayer rather than prayer being a last resort. And that was just a thought that I heard throughout the week that really challenged me, you know, as we can't really help what's happening uh, directly in some situations. We can, as a church, be praying as our first response, not our last resort. So I want to encourage you with that this week. But this week, I'm going to be sharing around faith. We've just finished up a series on fear and overcoming fear and anxiety. And I thought the perfect next step into that with a little bit of freedom of what Shane said for preaching this week, and I'm going to lead into preaching about faith. And so I want to read from Mark chapter 10, and this is a story of a man known as Blind Bartimaeus. And I really, really love this story in the Bible. It's one of my favourite stories, and it's Mark chapter 10, 46, and says, Jesus healed Blind Bartimaeus. And he said, They reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people around him yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, cheer up, they said, come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his cloak, jumped up and came to Jesus. It goes on verse 51, it says, What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. So a little bit of context in this story for you if you haven't read it before. This is uh, Jesus in His life and His ministry on earth. He's around that 30-33 bracket of doing His ministry here on earth as the Son of God. And this is the, the week before, roughly, of when He's leading up to the cross. So this is Jesus physically on His journey to the cross. So you can imagine as He's passing through this crowd, He's probably a little bit, um, I guess you could say, preoccupied. He's probably got some thoughts going through his head, he's not quite switched on to everything around him. And when you add to that, there is a multitude of people following him. So his mind is probably a little bit distracted and focused on something else. And so what we see here is we see an interruption story. Jesus is constantly throughout the Bible followed by multitudes of people. Quite often when we see in the Bible, Jesus wants to go someplace with the disciples for prayer or for reflection and and to find a moment of peace and quiet. And, And so often Jesus would say to the disciples, let's go to the other side. And somehow the people of the world would find out this plan and he would be greeted by multitudes of people. And so here's Jesus in this multitude of people, and we see this man named Blind Bartimaeus. You know, the only reason Bartimaeus is in the Bible is because of this story and what he says here, and it's interesting that he's defined as Blind Bartimaeus, and that is it. It's a fascinating thing. I don't know if you know it or not, but blind people can't see. And so it tells us, that blind Bartimaeus was blind since birth. Can you imagine being defined your whole life by something that you don't actually have? He has no sight and therefore that is what defines him for his whole life. So he sits on the side of the road for his whole life, just letting the world pass him by. And and there's no way that Bartimaeus could have seen Jesus here. There's no way he could have seen Jesus passing by. The only way he knew was through his other senses. He could hear him. He could touch Jesus if he was close enough. He's got his other senses to rely on. My first, my first thought is this, seeing is not believing. Here we have Bartimaeus who only has to hear about Jesus and know he wants to be healed by him. A man who can only hear, touch, taste and smell four out of the five senses. And yet on the other hand, We see the Pharisees throughout the Bible question Jesus and say, we have seen you perform this miracle, but are you truly the Son of God if you can do this? Or we have seen you do this, but can you do that? So they have all their senses, but still they want proof. Isn't it fascinating that you can have all your senses and still miss the point? Sometimes we are distracted in our own lives, what what we can see in front of us, and we're focused on what our eyes tell us, but not what God tells us. Because we're told seeing is believing, Right? Wrong. In your faith, you need to have a faith like Bartimaeus where if you can't see what's happening and what God's plan is in front of you, you still have faith to believe that God has a greater plan. In our faith like Bartimaeus, we need to be able to see with our eyes shut, to believe without seeing. How many times in your walk of faith have you been let down or discouraged or disheartened because what you see is not what you're believing for? To have faith like Bartimaeus... We need to not be concerned about what we see or don't see in front of us. Pray for that healing. Pray for that breakthrough. If you don't see it happen, keep believing. Pray again and again and again until you start to see a move of God because your faith without seeing is what can build that relationship. But we move on and we see in this passage, Bartimaeus lets out a cry. Can you imagine what it would have been like to hear his cry when he said, "'Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me.'" Think about it this way, right? If we've probably been to the shops by now and, and post-COVID and it's a little bit crazy, it's probably a little too busy for my liking at the shops. But when you're surrounded by a multitude of people, sometimes it's a little hard to hear what's going on around you. And, and as a kid, I grew up with this friend and their family and they had this thing that they were known for, which they called the family whistle. And so if we were in the shops and, and let's say my friend and I went to go to one shop and his parents went to another shop, And then all of a sudden, we would hear a whistle. That was the cue. Well, that's the whistle. Time to go meet his parents. And you would honestly, if you knew this family, you could be in the shops doing your own thing with your family, having a great cup of coffee in the shopping centre somewhere, and all of a sudden, you'd hear this whistle and you go, oh, they're in the shopping centre. Huh, I guess we could try and find them. Because they were known for their whistle that stood out above the multitudes, above the crowd. It was loud, it was identifiable, and we knew it represented their family. So in this scenario of Bartimaeus crying out above the crowd, he would have had to not only cry out, but like cry out to a level of which it would have pierced above the crowd for Jesus to be able to hear. And what's interesting is the people around him started to tell him, be quiet, shush, you're just a blind man. Stay quiet on the side of the road. This isn't for you, shush. And I want to ask us today, what voices do you listen to in your life? How many times in our life have we cried out to God for something and the voices around us or the people in our lives have just said to us, be quiet, that's not what's happening. Be quiet, God's not going to answer that prayer or God's not going to do that or can God really do that for you? I know sometimes in my life I've felt the same. You know, as humans we don't like to be in a way or be a disruption to other people. And it's fascinating because He's never seen Jesus But he knew who he was and he knew what he could do. Bartimaeus had never seen Jesus, but he knew who he was and what he could do. And if Bartimaeus had listened to those people around him that said, be quiet, you would never even hear this story in the Bible. It would have been a passing moment of Jesus passing through the crowd. But Bartimaeus had other concerns in his life and he wasn't worried about what the crowd were trying to tell him. How many times have you in your life held back or kept quiet Because of what the people around you are speaking into your life. And I want to encourage you today that when you're seeking Jesus and you're crying out to him and people tell you to be quiet, to cry out even louder until Jesus hears. Because we look at this next bit in verse 49, it says, When Jesus heard him, he stopped. Do you know how many times Jesus was stopped in the Bible passing through? Jesus was quite often on His way to His next point of ministry with the disciples or He was quite often travelling and passing through. And time after time, we see Jesus has stopped for a miracle or for something for the Kingdom of God. So I want to challenge us with this today is don't be afraid to stop Jesus. Jesus is on His way to the cross and I don't mean that He's just thinking about it and He knows about it in the future. He's literally on His journey to the cross He is travelling to where He will soon be crucified for our sins. So He's got these things on. He's laser-focused tunnel vision on the cross. He's prepared and ready. And somehow this man crying out on the side of the road changes everything for Him. That one person changed everything by crying out to Jesus. How often do we write off our own needs, our own prayers and we think, "Oh, God's just busy dealing with coronavirus or God's busy dealing with world hunger or God's fixing this or God's fixing that. He doesn't have time for my insignificant little thing. Jesus is literally on the way to save humanity and He stops for one man. Why? Because God is a merciful God. He listens. He hears the cry of His people. In Isaiah 30 verse 18 it says yet the lord longs to be gracious to you therefore he will rise up to show you compassion for the lord is a god of justice blessed are all who wait for him Bartimaeus was waiting for his time he was waiting for maybe the day that Jesus would pass by maybe the day that he wouldn't and he took his opportunity he wasn't afraid to stop Jesus in his tracks God is a God of compassion and mercy and we worry about bothering Him and we sometimes don't even ask God because we think He's too focused. Philippians 4, uh, sorry, Philippians says, make your request known to God. I want to challenge you today, don't be afraid to stop God. Don't be afraid to stop Jesus and ask your request. But check this out, we, we see in verse 49, when Jesus heard Him, it says, Jesus heard Him, He stopped and said, tell Him to come here. So they called the blind man, cheer up, they said, come on, he's calling you. Isn't it funny that the people who were telling Bartimaeus to be quiet are now the people that are saying, hey, God's calling you, come on, get on up there, this is your chance, this is your moment. It's that awkward retraction interaction, you know, when you go to a concert and you're like, hey, that's my seat, and someone's like, that's not your seat, that's my seat, it's clearly my seat, and then they check their ticket and they're like, Mine's the one next to you. Yep, that's your seat. Have a, lovely, have a lovely concert. Enjoy it. I was just warming it up for you. It's a bit of an awkward encounter and they say to him, cheer up. Come on, he's calling you. And then Bartimaeus threw aside his coat. He jumped up and he came to Jesus. Didn't just say that he stood up. Didn't say he took his time. He threw aside his coat. He jumped up and he came to Jesus. Sometimes faith requires us to move. Note in this situation, Jesus didn't go to Bartimaeus. This gets me. He's blind. If you ask a blind guy to find you, it's probably going to be a little bit difficult. And it's not like Jesus was one man in a field standing out in the open saying, Bartimaeus, run to me. Here I am. He was in a crowd and a multitude of people. So he's basically saying, Hey buddy, in the middle of this maze of all these people, of this confusion and chaos is the cure for your blindness. Good luck. Come and find it. But we know that that's not who Jesus is. We know that He's not the jerk like that. Why is this a big deal? I believe Jesus did this not because He's a jerk, but because He wanted to see how much Bartimaeus' faith would move Him. He wanted to see how desperately Bartimaeus really wanted this and how he moved to find his way to Jesus. There are times in our walk with God that Jesus comes directly to us. But sometimes He asks for a little stirring of faith that we would come to Him. We would press in to Him. And I'm going to propose to you right now that if Jesus isn't moving in your life, if you're seeking Him and you feel like He hasn't moved closer to you, you're in a moment where you feel like He's distant, take that step. Not only take that step, but jump up, throw off your cloak and move towards Jesus in this time. Maybe you need to move yourself closer to God in this season of faith. Whether it's a spiritual miracle or a physical miracle, sometimes we need to do as the Bible says, draw near to Him and He will draw near to you. It's so simple. If Jesus isn't coming to me, maybe I need to move to Him. And I love the the Bible and its humour and Bartimaeus comes to Him and he finds a way through to Jesus and Jesus says to him, what do you want? I mean... If you've seen a blind person, generally you can tell by the way they interact, the way they look, the way they go about their life, that they're blind. So it seems interesting that Jesus says, what do you want? It's kind of like, it's a little obvious, please, I'd like to see. So we have to ask, why did Jesus do such a thing? And how often in our lives, I wonder, do we go to Jesus and go, hey, you just do what you want. You move in my life, you do whatever you want. You just you do you, Jesus, I'm going to just sit here and let you do your thing. I want to challenge us that we need to identify what our faith is for. We need to identify what our faith is for. We need to be able to be specific and tell Jesus what we're believing for in our lives, what we're seeking for, what we're so moved and stirred up for. Because if you can't even understand what you're believing for, sometimes how do we expect Jesus to understand what we're believing for? You need to be able to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need that because of this, please. And Jesus comes up with this in verse 51 and says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. I wonder at what point in that sentence did Bartimaeus' eyes open? Like, that's going to be the best sentence you've probably ever heard or read in our lives. You know, at the beginning of this sentence, Bartimaeus was completely blind for his entire life. Six to eight words later, he can see. That's a pretty killer sentence if you ask me. Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. But the last point I want to make is this, faith means to go. He's instantly healed, but notice he doesn't stay stationary. This is the guy who spent his entire life on the side of the road. At the start of this story, he's sitting on the road. He's just listening to the world pass him by. And in the end of this story, we see him getting up and going down that same road following Jesus. Faith means to go. Always in the Bible, when Jesus heals someone, He says something along the lines of your faith has made you well, now go, or your faith has healed you, get up and go. Why is this? Why do we see this time and time again in the Bible? Because I believe that faith isn't meant to be stagnant faith. It isn't meant to be stationary. It isn't meant to be stand still. You're meant to move with your faith. The thing I love about the thought of faith moving, it puts the action into our hand. It puts the movement of God in our lives. When you experience the work of God in your life and God's will is for you and you don't just stand around and wait on a, God of, a move of God anymore, you get up and move because you are the move of God. You have witnessed healing. You have witnessed an experience and faith has stirred you so much that you're willing to get up and go and follow Jesus and tell the world. Today, I believe that some people have been praying You've been crying out like Bartimaeus on the side of the road. You've been crying out for a move of God. I believe that today He wants to move not only in your life, but through your life. Maybe it's time to just stop sitting on the side of the road and waiting for a move of God. Maybe it's time in your life that you stand up and you are stirred by your faith, that you stand up and move a little closer to God. Today, you might experience breakthrough in what you've been crying out for. I believe that God has put this Word on my heart for so many reasons this week. But the thing about Bartimaeus's cry was it was heard amongst the multitude so much that God was compelled and stopped and shifted the focus. God has heard your cry today. But I also believe that Bartimaeus was released an even louder cry once he'd been healed and once he left that place. It says he got up and he followed Jesus down the road after he was instantly healed. I don't know about you, but if His cry was heard above the multitudes of people saying, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. I believe with all of my heart that as He left that place, He would have let out an even louder cry saying, The Son of God has healed me and I am now walking, living proof of a miraculous God. So today, if, if you're experiencing that sitting on the side of the road and you feel like God isn't moving, cry out a little bit deeper today. And I believe that He wants to hear your cry. And not only that, I believe He wants to use you as a move of God in this week, in this season, throughout the rest of this year in your life. So why don't we just pray right now? Lord, we just thank You for the people online watching this service. Lord, we just thank You for the church community of Shell Harbour Community Church and the broader nation, people watching in from everywhere around Australia. Lord, we just say this week as people cry out to You, as they move closer to You, Lord, that that You move with them and You you perform these miraculous moments in their life, Lord, and as they are touched by You and experience a move of God, that they they then become a move of God, Lord. And Lord, for people who don't know You right now, we just want to provide an opportunity for You to come to know Jesus. There's a team of hosts in the chat waiting. They would love to talk to you. They'd love to pray with you. There's an option there to click. But right now, we're just gonna pray this prayer in your home, wherever you're seated, on the lounge, in the bed. We're just gonna pray this prayer for those people today. Lord, forgive me of my sins. I wanna walk with You from this day forward. Thank You for Your love. Thank You for Your mercy. Thank You for Your grace. Thank You that You stopped and heard my cry. Jesus walk with me every day from here. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been an honour to be able to share the Word of God with you today. I believe that God's going to do incredible things. I'm excited for the day that we can come back and worship as a church here together in person. But have a blessed week and we'll see you back for church next Sunday.